I feel like when you start talking about the criticism, it just opens the floodgates. It's like the number a number one rule should be to just never even talk about it. So it should be like Fight Club. Never talk about Fight Club. It should be like Fight Club in that we don't talk about that and we beat each other up half naked every every couple of days. <laughs> and we live in a weird house together with some chick that we're both having sex with. And actually, we're not even having a podcast uh, with two people. It's just one of us pretending that there's another one. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, how are you? You doing good? Oh, by the way, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Here we are. It's another midweek show for you folks. And uh, we are on Instagram Live. It looks like we're going to be doing the first episode of each week on Instagram Live, so go follow I'm Okay, You're Okay. It's, it's, it's at Bob and Clint on Instagram. I'm back on my junk juice, bitch. No, that yerba mate didn't last long, did it? It did. I still do it. I do it in the morning, but now I'm back on the real black juice. Well, I've got a coffee here as well, and then I've also got, for later, a stiffy. Do you remember stiffies from uh, the road days? Uh, If you're talking about a hard dick, yes. I'm not talking about a hard dick. Oh, then I don't. No hard dicks in, in in my world anymore. Just soft, horrible dicks. Just, in fact, not even many. Just one soft, terrible dick. Do you even have to say horrible when you just say soft? I feel like just by saying soft dick, you're basically saying horrible dick. Sometimes when I'm peeing or in the shower and I look down at my dick, I, I seriously sometimes think, "You again? Like how many? How many times do I have to see this fucking thing? Just every day, me and my little dick running around." The world like some sort of superhero with no crimes to solve. Dude, I'm like Viggo Morganson with my dick. Like you're like a, what's the movie where he's running around naked? Captain Fantastic. Oh no, Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises. Yeah, the Cronenberg film. He's got the kind of dick where he's like, yeah, I want to show this in the movies. I don't have that kind of penis. Yeah, like I wish I had the Harvey Keitel bad lieutenant dick because that's a dick to be proud of. That's the piano, dude. Have you seen the piano? Uh, Polanski? I get no. Adrian Brody? No, that's the soloist or something. <laughs> it's called the pianist or the piano. Oh, the pianist. It's called the penis. Um, no, I'm, <laughs> it's called, there's. It's called the horrible dick. There's one called the piano with Harvey Keitel, and there's a scene, like you're just watching the movie, and it's like Downton Abbey, and then all of a sudden you look up, and there's Harvey Keitel, and his penis. Yeah, it's like he put something in his contract that was like. Harvey Keitel will do the film for the approved budget, and he will be doing full frontal nudity, no matter what's in the script. The full frontal nudity will be happening in the film. Dude, did you see that one with um, where he's supposed to go uh, get the chick out of a like a cult? No, and it's the chick from uh, God, man. This is where my brain's not good. The bad brain again. <laughs> Doesn't matter, dude. My brain. I was hoping that this coffee was going to like jumpstart my brain and and like get it more well behaved but it's not. Right. Well, what else is she in because I'm like a walking IMDb page I can help you. She's in the one like Salvation Road or something with Leonardo DiCaprio. Revolutionary Road. Yeah, who's that chick? Is that Nicole Kidman? No, dude, the chick that's in Revolutionary Road. I I don't know. I already give up. I, I want to get back to Harvey Keitel's dick. Because Harvey Keitel's in that movie, and there's a scene, where, of course, where he's naked. He's wearing, like, a shirt, but it's that's all he's wearing is a shirt. So They're saying uh, Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. Right. Thank you. Right. Um, yeah, so she's in it, and there's a scene where she, she pees, mm-hmm. and it's, like, her real pee. What? 
Yeah. There's a scene where she just pees. Uh, is she on a toilet? Is she in the woods? She's standing there. Is she straddling Harvey Keitel? It's a scene where she's supposed to be like vulnerable, and then she starts peeing, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. If I'm the director at that point, I'm like, hey, put that pee back in your body because no. She was like, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take an artistic chance here, and and in this scene that doesn't require any actual peeing. My character's very vulnerable, and I, I decide I'm just going to go for it and pee. That's what happened. I guarantee you that's what happened. James Cameron's like, did she just pee? Dude, every movie that I'm in, at one point during the scene, I'm going to be peeing my pants. <laughs> that's another thing that's in the contract. And I'll just, and it's not even in the script, but I'll just do it, and then people are like, I think he's peeing his pants. I think he's peeing again. I'm just No, I'm not going to do it over and over. I just do it one time each movie. Yeah, that's your thing. Right. And it's usually like when my pants are off screen. It's not like you can't see it, but the other actors and the people in the production are like, oh, shit, this dude's the real deal. Right. That's that's called method acting. Oh, yeah. Cumberbatch? Hmm. <laughs> Amateur. Bob Schneider? Just peed his pants. Hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis, how often does he piss his pants on his films? Not often enough. Zero? Zero times. <laughs> Tell the story about the movie or the something you were in. I love this story because you were acting in something and you were mm-hmm. talking about how your perception of the way you came off in the scene is that you were very gregarious and loud and you were cussing a lot. All right, so here's the story. So I'm attending university in Munich, Germany, and they were. I was in drama. I was in all the plays. I, I just, I've always liked drama. Yeah, we know. And, we know uh, that. Yeah, so uh, there's a there's a movie studio there, a famous movie studio. It's where they filmed Willy Wonka. And uh, so they were filming a movie called Alien Mine. And they were looking for, like, extras to be in the movie or whatever, you know, secondary characters. So they called the university and said, hey, we need some American actors for this film. Can you send some over? So he sent me and two of my buddies over, Marcus Calvin, who's a friend of the pod, and uh, Phil Lester, who lives out in Hollywood. Both of them professional actors and they have been their entire lives i'm the only non-professional actor in the bunch so they send us over there they give us this little like one sheet of dialogue and it's like you know uh the jet you know the jet propulsion shit is fucking moving at turbo speeds or whatever you know some bullshit scientific shit basically (laughs) and i'm like looking at it and i'm fucking de niroing this shit i'm (laughs) this is back in my smoking days i'm like smoking i'm like yeah the thrusters are fucking you know, the, the revolutionary thruster situation of the uh, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, dude, this is my fucking ticket to the big time. Like, I'm like, I'm going to the Oscars this year, maybe. So we get down there. They dress us in these like little space, you know, space costumes <laughs> that you'd see like an alien and shit. And everything's cool. And then they usher me into this room. And they put me in front of the camera, and they just go, say your name. And I I go like this, I'm Bob Schneider! And sweat is just like, I'm Bob Schneider! And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh, God. They're like. Jesus Christ, what are you doing? And they're like, just read the fucking lines, dude. 
And so they say, can you read the lines? And I'm like, like, seriously, I'm like, so, you know, before when I was doing it in the you know, car and everything, I'm, yeah, the forward thrusters are fucking, you know, where it looks like, looks like we're going to get into the thing. And I'm like, all right, do the thing. And I'm like, the motherfuckers with the goddamn shit fucking in it. Fucking, we're all going to fucking die in this fucking space can, man. And fucking just sweat, just pouring down. And they're like, okay, cut, cut. We're good. Get out. You know, with German accents. And I get out of there, and they're like, how'd it go? And I'm like, not good. <laughs> like, real bad. Like, they're not going to ask me back. The, the other guys go in there, and they do their thing. And then, I don't know, like 45 minutes later, an hour later, they're like, oh, let's, we're going to look at the, the actual, you know. The dailies. thing, The daily or whatever, you know, the thing that they shot. And they showed me, and I'm like, I'm Bob Schneider. <laughs> The thrusters are going forward in the thing. Like, it just looked normal. Like, it was not even a thing. I was like, what is going on with my brain? So weird, dude. Yeah, it's like your perceived self versus the actual self in the room. And yeah. you, it's funny. You see yourself acting like a, a, a maniac. But in reality, you're kind of just really chill. But you are like that, though, because you... You know, we talk about on the bus sometimes people wake up. Usually on a bus, people sort of stagger and wake up and come into the front lounge where people are reading or having coffee or whatever. And right. Usually say good morning or you try to get a feel on if someone's <laughs> ready to talk or hang out or whatever. And you would do a thing where, like, you would say, like, hey, well, good morning, Bob. And you just wouldn't say anything. You'd have sunglasses on. But in your head, you were like, oh, hey, good morning. How are you? But in the, oh, right, like the right. real convo, nothing really happened. And we're like, is, right. Bob, is Bob mad at me today? Yeah, I had, I, when I, I started going to group therapy, and when I finally was in group therapy, they were telling me, hey, man, do you know what's actually happening with you? And I'm like, I guess I don't. Right. And it was only then that I was like, oh, most of the conversations that I'm having are happening in my mind. They're <laughs> right. not even happening in real life. And then after that, I would just like force myself to say, how are you doing, human beings? <laughs> I am a human being, too. Are you doing good? Must run human software. I enjoy your company, humans. I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> I am glad that you are here, and it is good to see you. Shall we now proceed with the rest of the day by not speaking to each other again until sound check? What's the next human thing we do? What does humans do after this? Let us now cohabitate without communicating with each other at all. We had a riff on one of those tours, I think around the time of this story, where we were saying, sometimes we would, the only thing we would say all day would be, are you my homie? Remember when we were doing that? <laughs> I don't. We was just me and you over and over saying, are you my homie? <laughs> Dude, I don't remember that at all. Oh, guess how funny our wives think our tour jokes are. There's nothing worse than coming home from a tour and you've, 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 you've got maybe 10 new tour jokes because that's what happens on the road is you come up with the stupidest jokes in the world. You do them about a million times. Then you come home and you're doing them in the kitchen and your wife, <clears throat> she's not thinking it's real funny. No, you know why? Because she thinks you've been having the best time of your life while she's been holding down the fort right. while you've been out doing your thing. And the truth of the matter is, it's a pretty good time. It's being pretty on the fun. Road. It's pretty. It's fun. pretty fun, and she's not having a lot of fun. Right, holding holding down the fort. So when you get back and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, we were joking about this, and we were saying, uh, hey, are you my homie?'" She's like, "Go fuck yourself." 
Dude, I remember doing a, a private gig. We were in some rich ass resort in an infinity pool that just sort of ended over the mountain into forever. And large breasted uh, females were bringing us free margaritas in the pool. They had servers in the pool bringing you free margaritas. And I remember being like, I had a call later with my wife that day, you know, a check in call. And I'm like, mm, I'm not going to be mentioning any of this no. uh, during that phone call. Oh, man, super tired. I really miss you. Super homesick, of course. And it's boring out here. You know how it is out here. It's boring. You run into that occasionally on the road. You do, but... But it also is shittier than people think. It is it is way more boring than people think. That's just hard to explain. It's a lot of going from place to place in a moving vehicle. It's a lot of downtime. I have to say, we had a great group of guys. Yeah, we did. Um, And if and, and it really boils... That's what it boils down to. It's like, who are, who are they people that you're traveling with are they are they enjoyable to be around and if they are it's great and if, if they're not and you've been in situations where you get hired to be in the situation mm -hmm. and that's the worst because you just never know what the dynamics going to be you well but we've all learned i mean at this point one of the one of the only benefits of getting older especially in that industry is you just you learn how to do it man so yeah there's a when i was in my early 20s getting gigs and like hopping in a van for the first time and was like oh what's it gonna be like what are these i hope these hope this guy doesn't snore that i'm rooming with you throw 15 years on that and it's like all right motherfuckers we know what we're here to do and if someone if someone's green or weird it's like who's the stinky stinker who's the doo-doo here well here's the thing about being in a, if you don't know who the stinky doo-doo is you're the stinky dude <laughs> like you should be if you get on the bus and you know immediately who the stinky doo doo is. That's a good thing. That's what you want. You want to know who that is, and we all know who that was. I'm not saying that Oliver it, w it was ever a stinky doo doo, because but I want to tell a story about Oliver because yeah. I I love Oliver and you know I got close with him and his wife and usually when I was there working with you I would go eat dinner with him and stuff. But I remember one morning getting up on the bus and if those of you have seen Oliver perform, he's the guy wearing the mechanics outfit with the with the glasses and stuff he's he's, he's the keyboard the, player and the trumpet player yeah yeah he's a wild cat and a great musician but i remember getting up one morning and, and people may or may not be surprised to know that that behind those the scenes of that he's actually pretty he's he's uptight in a different way and he's relaxed in different ways he's not the crazy guy you see on stage he's kind of a more quiet kind of brooding cat and right. uh it was just me and him in the front lounge of the bus and we were talking kind of getting to know each other this was the first tour i ever did with you and he was writing stuff down in a big notebook, full like like remember in the movie Seven when they find all of the notebooks <laughs> with the scribble scrabble, he was doing that while we were talking. We've been talking about an hour having some coffee, and I finally was like, "Hey man, what are you um what are you writing down? Like you're writing while we're, and he goes, "Oh, well, <laughs> he's like, I'm writing down everything we're saying, but because that's what I do. I sort of just write down everything that happens during the day every day. And I was like, you're right. And I was like, wait, you're writing down everything I'm saying right now. And he's like writing. And he's like, yeah, just writing the sentences we're saying as we're saying them. Now, that's an interesting flavor on the road. One day, those books are going to be valuable. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, and and then we'll see who has the last laugh. By the way, uh, that, that friend of mine who went to that audition with me, he's actually on right now listening. Marcus, oh, really? Marcus wow. Calvin. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the guys that went to that audition with me. And now is a famous German actor. He was an American. We were living in Germany. We were going to school in Munich. And then he just stayed in Germany and became a German language actor. He's like Hasselhoff. 
Yeah, but except Hasselhoff is an American, and he just kind of became a German. I wonder what uh, uh, Hasselhoff's dick's like. I wonder what his dick game's, what's going on with that. I, I imagine it's probably solid, right? Or it used to be solid. I mean, it's hard to say. You get to a it's certain It's probably age, pretty ground down. It's going to be great. I mean, at his age, it's ground down. Even if you right. started strong, uh, it's probably ground down pretty yeah. pretty. You know, significantly. I think you know we could speculate for a long time about uh, about what it used to be, but I think we can agree that at this point, currently, we're talking about a ground down post post Baywatch dick for sure. Um, should we read some emails here? Yeah, for sure. All right, Bob and Clint at gmail dot com. We love reading emails, and uh, we you know we love talking to the people who listen to the show. By the way, new patron, we want to say thank you to Jordan Smiley. And right. Susan Fields, both two people who have uh, really graciously decided to support the show. You can do that at patreon.com slash the letters IOK, and we really appreciate that support over there. And you get a bunch of shit like bonus episodes. Well, not bonus episodes, but little bonus secret weeklies, which have really added up, because those are five to ten minutes long, and there are 20 of them now. There's stuff that we haven't even to- talked over with our wives or our therapists that we talk about on that. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. People listen to the podcast are like, oh, these motherfuckers talk about anything. But when we get in the secret weekly, good God. If you think you've seen Harvey Keitel's dick on the podcast, wait until you get an up close and personal peek at it in the secret weekly. What we talk about on the secret weekly makes Harvey Keitel's bad lieutenant dick look like Disney World. That's basically the analogy I stick with. All right, so Susan, new patron, writes in, Robert and Clinton, after listening to Mary Beth Lulu sing Mary Had a Little Lamb, I wondered what the interactions with your wives are like. Give us a few snapshots. A curious lady listener, Susan, P.S. in all seriousness, I'm very grateful for the smiles and laughter you bring to my walks on Mondays and Thursdays. Thank you. Well, thank you, Susan. So who wants to do a little snapshot about what the, about the wife well, the 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 interactions with my wife are like spinning the uh, fucking wheel of fortune wheel. Sometimes it's two hundred dollars, sometimes it's four hundred dollars, sometimes it's jackpot, and sometimes it's bankrupt. <laughs> and you never know what you're gonna get. And I mean, I spin the wheel very gingerly, but really, it's there's no telling what you're gonna get with. And in my situation, but you kind of like it that way. That's kind of your thing, man. Keeps it interesting. Yeah, it keeps it interesting, right? I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I would say this. If it wasn't that way, I don't think I would be married to my wife if it wasn't sort of kind of crazy and chaotic. It's hard for me to be all in with somebody who's kind of got their shit together. Hmm. So that's, I mean, that's just, because that's the that's the uh, the family I grew up in was kind of crazy and chaotic. I mean, my parents are still together. 55 years later, they're still married, but, you know, there was a lot of pans being thrown against the wall. There was some infidelities. There was some, uh, you know, waking up in a pile of vomit and with my dad <laughs> in his bed. There was, you know, there was, it, it's been a long and winding road. Right. Uh, and And that's the environment I grew up in. So I don't think anything sort of, too far different from that would ring the emotional bells that need to be rung for me to feel like I'm in love with somebody. Do you feel like people in their adult lives ultimately just end up trying to recreate the environment that they were raised in? Absolutely. What happens is you'll meet somebody and they'll say something or they'll do something and it'll remind you of the way your parents interacted with you in some way and you'll go, oh, 
this is love. I found love. Whatever it is, and it's not exact, but the more similar to it is, and it doesn't have, it's not a physical thing, it's a feeling, but there's something that happens there where you're like, oh, this is what love is. So, and then you're in. And, you know, it's, I always tell, I always tell my wife, you know, I'm like, there are all these things that she does that I just don't like, but if she didn't do them, I wouldn't be in love with her. Like that's that I don't think people understand that it's everything. It's the good and the bad that makes love. It's not just the good. Like with your, with your wife, I'm sure there's things that she does where you're like, mm, I wish she wouldn't do that. But if she didn't do those things, I don't think you'd be married to her. Hmm. I would like to, um, <clears throat> I'd like to experiment with that. I would like to, <laughs> I'd like to take the Pepsi challenge and just see what happens. How about, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can try that for a little bit. Yeah. Let's do the Gwyneth Paltrow. All right. I'm going to have half my life with somebody else and then the other half with you and let's see how it goes. Well, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow, when they were like falling goo goo gaga for each other, they were like, isn't this going to be amazing? We're two rich, successful people with lots of money and we're both beautiful and, um, you know, both pretty smart. Let's just get together. We're going to be one of these couples that defies the odds. Fast forward to however many months or years later, and they're like, this sucks. Right. But that's what most people are like. Well, here's the problem with being Chris Martin. Too many super hot biatches trying to get on that D-A-I-C-K. Here's what I know, dude. Tell me what you know. If you're the hottest chicks in the world are trying to get on your D-I-C-K, eventually, dude, you're going to be like, well, it's there. Just don't hurt it. Don't grind it down like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> just try not to use your teeth. I got, a, I got a wife to go home to. That's the problem if you're Chris Martin. It's not the problem if you're Bob Schneider, but it's the problem if you're Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Or if you're John Mayer. Right. Like there's no shortage of the hottest chicks in the world wanting to get together with you. And that's I mean, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if anybody could do it. I don't I know I could do it. Of course I would not do it, but it would be hard, man. It would be it would be hard to the point where you'd be like, "You know what? Is this like loveless marriage that I'm in worth not having sex with the hottest women in the world?" And the answer is no. No. <laughs> let's do a let's let's do a thing where we break up on international Twitter and pretend that we're going to always be best of buds. Right. We'll call it a conscious uncoupling. We'll un- we'll uncouple consciously. Meanwhile, he's like having sex with the hottest women. Well, in the I world. think he almost immediately started having sex with uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. So, man, that was a tough one. That was hard. I mean, I would pro- I mean, I hate to say this because we're on Instagram. <laughs> but <laughs> go on. But I mean, I'm pretty much out. I'm already. I mean, I don't even know if Jennifer Lawrence is a fan of the podcast, but if she is, my bags are packed and I'm ready to go. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Bye bye, my family. <laughs> I won't see you for another four or five months <laughs> until Jennifer Lawrence makes her next movie, <laughs> makes her next movie. 
and falls in love with her co-star. Never date an actress, right? They're going to fall in love. It's not the co-star you got to worry about. It's the director. Here's what I know they're doing. Getting with somebody on set. Right. Be- Going to store day. Lifestyle brands. Don't. Can't think of anything good, so I'm going to call it goop. Um, call, I was going to call it poop, but then I called it goop. Co-write. <laughs> Co-write, you, me, and everybody on Instagram. No, just gonna me be and a, you. That's going to be a slim pie. That, so that's a straight 50-50, right? That's going to be a 50-50 split on that. How about that when you're writing a song with somebody and you come up with the whole song like I just came up with that great hit, Goop, mm-hmm. <laughs> but somebody's in the room with you and yeah. they're like, yeah, I'll take 50% of that. That's the thing to do. That's the way to do it, but it's brutal. I did, I did a songwriter's workshop and uh, every song that I wrote was exactly that way. The person that I would be writing with would be like, they would come up with an idea and be like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Okay, let me just write the song. Oh, you're going to take 50%? Great. Yeah, I do that a lot. I, I do a lot of writes where I'm the only one really bringing anything to the table. Or everyone's bringing stuff to the table, but it's so bad, and my good sauce is getting sort of rejected, and then they leave, and then I make it good again, but just for myself. That's frustrating. That's tough. Dude, I put I put a compressor on this mic. Yeah. And I feel like... I'm the guy doing the movie where... In a world. In a world where your butt is hanging off the edge of your spine. And this time it's personal. I mean, to you, it just it just sounds like a <laughs> shitty... Like me talking through those shitty AirPods. But what I'm hearing right now sounds amazing. Two men, one crazy. In a world, one balloon, two spare tires. Crunchy peanut butter. Do you're in a world guy. In a world where you're making a paper mache mask with your five-year-old daughter. Where you're trying not to fuck the whole house up with paper mache that, once it, dri- once it dries, turns into unmovable matter. And you've left HBO on. And what's that behind her paper mache little fucking dinosaur? That's Harvey Keitel's bad lieutenant dick. <laughs> Better that than what my wife's watching, which is ID Channel, which is nothing but murders, which my wife watched with my daughter in the room for four years. So when she becomes a serial killer, all the questions will have been answered already. In a world where Clint's wife watches Outlander with his five-year-old daughter in the room, which is basically, you guessed it, softcore pornography. Dude, I was just talking to a guy today. Who was telling me about Outlander and he's like, oh no, man, you'd love it. I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, it's got all these great sex scenes. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about sex scenes. And he's like, no, man, you would love it, dude. It's all these sex scenes. I'm like, what? Dude, we're grownups. We look at pornography. We don't, we're not going to HBO, softcore porn and Outlander for sex scenes. But is it good? No, it's not good. It's garbage. Outlander's garbage? Is it for chicks? It's fucking garbage. Yeah, chicks are goo goo gaga for this fucking guy on Outlander, which is fine. That's fine. yeah. He was like, "Oh, your wife will love it." I'm like, "She will." I don't care. I don't care. Well, <laughs> I love it. 
Hey, we're out of time, bro. We'll be talking about what we've been watching on the Secret Weekly. You just stumbled into <laughs> Vocal Hour with two sexy boys. <laughs> All right, we got to get, let's get off this fucking, let's get off the gram. Here's what I know about the gram, dude. The last time we did it, we were like at 100 the whole time, and this time the gram's squeezing us. You know why? Because they want us to promote these posts. What are you saying? Guess what I got to say for Instagram. Guess what I got to say. Say it. Go fuck yourself, Instagram. Yeah, he, you heard it, boy. He ate Instagram. Go fuck yourself. But by the way, <laughs> there's probably an algorithm that when you say that, that like next time it'll be like 10 people on the, on the live thing. Hey, so we're going to do this again next week, same time, Wednesday afternoon, 4.30 to 5-ish. So go follow us on all the socials. Thank you for listening, and thanks for the support. And go check out I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, Bob's Not Okay. I'm okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs)